Hello everyone, my name is Nana Oforieta, the clinical and custom content editor here at CND. Thank you very much for joining us again. Today I have the amazing Marvin Monsi with us. Marvin Pre-Red Shortcuts, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you for inviting me. It's always a pleasure to be on here, and I'm so excited to share all my knowledge, all my, everything I have to help trainees succeed. Thank you so much. So we've labeled this section Diaries of a Pre-Reg. We're basically just going to go through our experiences as pre-regers and try and come with some solutions and some things that you can do as you're going through your pre-reg here. So we basically spoke to a free pharmacist. And these are the things we got from them about what their experiences were. So the first one that we have was leg pains and your foot hurting. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. You know what? That's so interesting. You know, before I start my pre-reg, yeah. someone actually told me this. All right, they said, what the first thing you need to do is, Marvin, you're going to be standing up for a long time. So be ready for it. Wow. That was, that was probably the hardest part. I remember when I started the first week, in fact, when I went home that first weekend, I was in bed. <laughs> I really could I really couldn't understand. I had to ask that do we actually stand all day? And- it doesn't sound real until you actually do it. And to do it for a whole week is yeah. Literally my feet couldn't fit into the shoes. My my feet were that swollen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is um it is it is very challenging. I know even when I tell non-pharmacists, I'm like friends, and I tell them we stand up all day. They still cannot understand how we do that every single day. But I guess your body just adapts to it after a while. Oh, yeah. And comfortable shoes. Like, you really need to leave the fashion behind when you, when you start. Uh, but, you know, but, but, you know, that's really that's really what stressed me out because I love the fashion. So, you know, I know. First thing, you, have, you have your best shoes, the shiniest, the, the look so good, the, the best suit in, in the world. You no, know, day number one, you, you're on a fashion show. Yes. By the second week, I was walking in there with scrubs. Honestly, <laughs> first piece of advice: get comfortable shoes. And I think, yeah, Marvin, you'd agree. It was the top thing that most people mentioned about your pre-reg. Starting again, those pains in the foot. The second one is basically dealing with your first mean patient. Mm. All right. Yes. So exciting because the, the pharmacy I worked in was so busy. We always had queues in the pharmacy, 20,000 items a month. A pharmacy, there were two surgeries next to us. So it was always busy. I remember the first time, the very first patient I dealt with that was angry. Right? And it's the, same, it's the same thing. Why is my prescription not ready? And why is it not ready? And this is not what I wanted. So obviously being the pre-reg, you want to go out there and talk nicely. You think everyone is nice and from university, everything is nice. But yes, I'm not the first patient I dealt with. (laughs) 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 I remember the first patient I dealt with. Actually, they just looked at me and I I was trying to explain um, it's going to take time. And the first thing the person asked me was, you've not even been here for more than two weeks. You're literally a trainee. Can I get someone that's more experienced to talk to? Oh, that was my first experience of dealing with an angry patient. But you know, interesting. I've got a video on YouTube that has been doing so well, yeah. and the topic is actually how to deal with angry patients. Because when I finished that day, I went and learned how to deal with angry patients, and after that, yes. it's been great. But I had the first, it was the first one was a tough one to deal with. So what's what's, what's your top tip? So I had like four key things. I think the first thing is you got to empathize. So I would yeah. say the first thing you want to say to them is that it's still correct what people say. 
the patient's always right, right? Yes. So you have to just treat them, right? Even though we know they're not right. <laughs> but the first thing was just not make it personal. Because right? most of the time you think, why are you talking to why. me? Yeah. So the first thing was, this was going to happen. I just empathize. Because I always think these are patients. It's so interesting because the first thing is just calm them down, which is actually your tone of voice. And what I learned, the first thing I learned was if you can get them to even sit down, or if you just give them that attention. Most of the time, when patients are angry, it's not the only reason, the only thing they're asking for is, I need some attention. And the person that says, I understand, and maybe take it to a room and just show that you're trying to do something about it, even though I wasn't doing anything, I was literally walking to the back of the pharmacy, walking, walking around, taking the phone like I'm calling someone, but just showing. And then those words, you need to have the right words, I understand. I will feel the same if yeah. I was in your situation. Let I, I love about it. <laughs> I love that. Um, I was at a an event in um, Aston for um, one of this lady Lynette, and one thing that she said about dealing with an angry patient, which basically made the whole thing is it's not about you. Yes, I know when the person is shouting, it's so easy for you to think, "Why are you shouting at me? I haven't done anything." It's not about you. So basically just being able to emotionally take yourself out of that space and just seeing them as a person who's angry about something. Yeah. And then just go for more use, just, just empathize. And actually, I have to say, I was very impressed because the students showed great empathy in every scenario, which gave me hope for pharmacy. Yes. And you know what? Ah, yes. I, you know, I was going to say something about that as well. Do you know my, it's all the years when I was superintendent, I had about six patients that adored me. We had the best relationships. But all of these patients started off with complaints. The only reason why I got to know them was they were kicking off. And when I took them and spoke Mm -hmm. to them, calmed them down, did something about it, eventually they ended up being the best, the best connections in the pharmacy. The angry patients always become the most loyal ones. Yeah, because once you fix a problem for them, they know they can trust you. And it just opens up so many doors for them. Okay, the next case we came to is your rabbit in the headlight moment. I'll tell you mine. I was working at the dispensary and someone mentioned a brand. Okay. Never heard of the brand before. <laughs> Didn't even know that this brand existed. Went through the shelves alphabetically. Didn't see it. They don't have a clue what the generic was. And basically just froze (laughs) that was my first one i had a few more after that (laughs) a few more with patience so as a pre-reg i think it's fair to say you're gonna have your rabbit in the headlight moment i had loads (laughs) i'm surprised you remember what i remember loads of those really and i remember obviously when when, when you start your pre-reg you don't want to look dumb you're this pharmacist. Yes. You're, you've got master's degree. You're meant to be the you've best. You've got apparently. master's degree. Right? So everyone is looking at you. You've come from pharmacy. You're the pharmacist training. So yes. you cannot say you don't know something. So oh, there's, there's, there's many times, there's many times I had those moments where I didn't even know what they're talking about. But um, again, the one thing I've always done, I've always used is you need to have some good rapport with some people in your team. And sometimes you need to ask. Like, Yes, it's embarrassing. But sometimes when you're that humble, Right, and mm-hmm. you're able to ask that question if you don't know something, and just ask. You don't know, you don't know. And obviously, I had some obviously people <laughs> in the team that could understand, 
But um, yeah, I've had yeah. questions and they ask me things over the counter and it's right there in front of me and I'm looking around. You know when you're, you're looking, you don't know what it is, you don't want to show, you don't know what this item is and you're looking around and you just look at like, oh, I don't you're know like if you have it. And, uh, and the like, it's right there, right there. You're like, oh, sorry, um, yeah, I didn't see it. <laughs> so, so when it comes to the rabbit in the headlight, it's going to happen. It's fine to say you don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No one has died from not knowing. And actually, one thing that my pre-rich tutor told me is, I'd rather you say you don't know now than for you to guess and for us to have a bigger problem to fix. Definitely. Definitely. I I think just be honest with patients. Next topic, making the tea and taking the bins out. Ooh. That's standard, isn't it? What's your stance on that? Oh, making... No, I, I, I don't mind making the tea. Right, because I, because again, I think it's important that you know when I when I started working the pharmacy, this was the thing I had to build rapport with everyone. I think yes. sometimes you always want to be that pharmacist that is before you get to the top. I want to be the sort of leader that everyone knows. I've done everything at the bottom. Then you can relate to everybody, right? So so I'll, yes. I'll be the person like they'll say to me, "Listen, you're not meant to to p- take the beans." I'm like, "No, I'm going to take the beans because I want to be the pharmacist that does everything here." Right? And so I don't mind. Right? I don't mind. No, I. Took the bin. I, I, I was I was doing everything in the pharmacy. I was doing everything. I was cleaning. I was doing the bins. I was making the teas, the coffees, and all of those. But they helped me. They helped me. Yeah, I always I also think like it's good for you to do all of those things because at some point you're gonna have to ask someone else to do it. Okay. And there is no point asking someone to do something you're not willing to do. You just lose respect that way. Um. So yeah, making tea, and also making tea especially for those of you who will become locums, is the best way to build rapport in a pharmacy is to just make the tea. Because you're going to talk to everyone. You're going to have to ask everyone how they take their tea. And that's the best way. So get good at making tea. Yeah, and it says that tone. It does set that tone. I remember remember I was was locuming. I remember once before the staff even came, I put the tea out. And they were all surprised. Wow, pharmacy's making tea. And that set the tone for the rest of the day. So... Yeah, they'll do anything <laughs> for you after that. <laughs> yeah, I only did it once. Uh, the next one. <laughs> they did the rest. <laughs> <laughs> you only did it once. The first impression. <laughs> Just make the first one. <laughs> make the first one. That's it. And then they'll love you so much. They're gonna keep making the others for you. You're never gonna make a game. No. Um, the next next uh, topic is a bit of a sensitive one. It's basically dispenser hate. Is when you've been a pre-reg, you've come from university, fresh out, you've had your rabbit in the headlights moment, mm-hmm. you're going to transition into that pharmacy part, and then this dispensers that started off at the same level as you, mm-hmm. because you've now gone to that level higher, you get that, why do you think you know so much kind of hate? How do you deal with that as a pre-reg? Right, so there's many things for me, it was, yes, they had many pharmacists, many technicians, dispensers that when I started, I didn't have a clue pharmacy. But then when I started with them, I always made them realize that it is true that I am a, a pharmacy student. But in terms of experience, I respect, because you guys know a lot of stuff that I don't know, right? So there was always that sort of mutual respect. But I was learning fast anyway. And so when I finished, I remember when I was a pharmacist, the first shift I did wasn't in my pharmacy because I didn't work. Don't work in your pharmacy. <laughs> no, don't do that. As a pharmacist, go somewhere else. Yes. No one's going to respect you there. 
So I actually went out and I worked in different places where I got so much respect. And yeah. I remember coming back to do a shift in my pharmacy about a month later after I qualified. And that really loved me. I mean, the respect was different, but I, I don't think it was. They, they knew me, but at the same time, we had fun. But there was also that respect. It wasn't about comparing, competing to trying to be the best, better than them. But what they knew was I was well qualified. I was very confident in myself. And I, and I was that confident that if there were things that I did not know, I also told them there's something that you guys are better than me. And so it's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. And they were confident in you. And I think that's what, that's the best way to, yeah. It's to basically build a relationship where they have, they're proud of you. Yes. Instead of you, you, you giving them the feeling that, oh, now you know more. And yeah, you're right. Don't ever work in your pre-rich when you see what you qualify. Go make a name for yourself before you come back. Yeah. But then it would have been a turnover of staff. (laughs) Yeah, make sure wait till everyone's left. Um, Okay, so I've got the next. The next um, one is learning from bad practice. So as a pre-rich, your tutor will be the person that knows everything in the beginning. But you will find out as you've been a pharmacist for a while, a lot of pharmacists do develop some bad practices. It yeah. will be very easy for you to see them and to emulate and be like, okay, he does it that way, I'll do it that way. But basically, this is about how to basically learn good practices by identifying the bad practices. Have you ever had experience or had someone with experience like that? You don't need to name names. I experienced that. When I was working as my pharmacy, there were loads of locums that used to come in and do shifts all the time. And every pharmacist was different. And there were many things that, yes, they were not by the book. I mean, yeah. pharmacists did things, but I wanted to go through all these things. <laughs> but the most important thing that I always say, even when I train trainees at the moment on my course, I tell them this, everything you need to say to me has to be evidence-based from the book. And they know that I always tell them that. And I always say, it doesn't matter even what I say, what even mm-hmm. Nana says, what anybody tells your tutor. And if anyone tells you everything, please ask them to show you the source and the reference for this. If you cannot find that, then you don't have that confidence because your confidence can't come from saying, I'm doing this because my tutor that. told me. <laughs> and I saw that, and you have trainees say that a lot. Oh, this is this because I saw my tutor do this. Yeah. And I go like, but what does your book say? What does the MEP say? What does your um, guidelines say? What does your what, what are authentic sources you using? What is the authentic factors? So um, for me, I always look back at the original source, where to find things. But at the same time, as I said, then you'll be able to identify those the, the wrong things, really. But yes. Yeah. And and it will never fly in a fitness to practice saying that I saw no. I, I did I, it because he did it. <laughs> yeah. I saw, I saw I saw this person doing this. No, it doesn't work. Yeah. I, I always no, tell be responsible. You're responsible for everything. Perfect. Um, also, one thing that everyone tells us um, when you're doing a pre-reg is basically time management. Everyone says you need to prioritize and it's time management. You need to do this. One thing that I found useful that I think, and I want to get your opinion on this, is basically on your first day, scheduling your review dates with your pre-reg tutor. Yeah. Getting those dates in, like holidays booking those in. Is that something you would say you the pre-register should be doing really? 200%. We always have at the end of each year, we have talks with universities, fourth years. Mm. And those workshops, we give them tips on what they have to do before they start the foundation year. 
one of the things we tell them and is so important, it's imperative, you have to set those dates from the start. In fact, during your induction, have those discussions because the way you start, if you leave the things till later, it will just kind of from day one, put dates in on each review and be proactive because even when you have those dates in, <laughs> it's still your responsibility. They're always the busy. Pharmacy is so fast. They're always busy. <laughs> They're always busy. <laughs> Yeah. I, and I used to have many, many trainees that always send me messages later on saying, I'm, I'm having a horrible pre-reg um, because of, mm-hmm. I'm not seeing my tutor. It's been four months, three months. I always tell them from day one, you need to set the this, this standards from day one. So speak to them and write the dates down of each review and then stick to it. That kind of segues perfectly onto the next session, which is being able to manage up. So it's fair enough. You have to manage yourself. You have to manage your time. But this will be the first time a lot of students will be in a working environment. Of course, as a student, you get told by your lecturers to do something and you do it. Yeah. But in a workplace, it's not just a one-way flow, it's two ways. So being able to manage up. What advice would you give students when it comes to them managing upwards to their supervisors and to other pharmacists and locums and everyone that comes in? So again, it's number one, you need to... I'll say you need to have certain skills that are very important in managing people. You know when they say like you can't manage people, you can lead? And I really believe that. Like if you're a trainee and you need to manage a pharmacist, that's a, mm. that, that, <laughs> that's a whole different challenge. <laughs> but the thing is, if you're someone that is respectful, right, you're under, first you need to understand how pharmacy works. If you're a trainee pharmacist and you start the first weeks in your pharmacy, you need to understand how it works, right? Know everything, get to know people in the pharmacy, build those relationships. Through those, you could then influence people. But then you take some responsibilities, do your jobs properly, speak to people in a very polite way, lead by example, be the trainee that is working constantly, that is doing everything that you can, giving 100%. Then all of a sudden, it's easy for you to tell a pharmacist, we need to get some MURs. and nmss it's easy for me to tell a pharmacist you need to get some nmss i'm very active myself in the pharmacy working hard trying to get this so if everything's organized and you're helping that organization then Mm -hmm. pharmacists are going to respect you anyone that comes to that pharmacy they're going to respect you yeah and i think that explains like managing up is about really managing yourself it's basically yourself in that position where you're able to speak to authority. And like you said, if, if a local comes in and you're sat there the whole time, not chipping in, not doing anything, being lazy, and then you get up and tell that locum to do an MUR, that locum would also be sat there not doing anything, being lazy. You said the tone. I remember when I used to manage, I used to always come in and be like, why haven't we done our target MURs? And it would be like, oh, because we have a locum. And I'm like, yeah, but when I'm here, you guys are on my case to do yes. MURs, to do services. So do the same when the locum is here. And it's about having that confidence and having that ability to manage yourself and therefore being able to project out. Final question, that horrible time that sometimes pre-regers face, and we did get this from a few of current pharmacists, when you've passed that exam and you get that supervisor that won't give you the final sign-off. This is one of the hardest things I've ever had to speak to anyone about. But unfortunately, it happens. So what do you do in that situation? What's the advice? So I've had trainees come up to me about that. I mentioned, um, yes, they've passed the exam. They've had a difficult time with a tutor. So it's always different things. 
I always say when you have these sort of situations, the first thing is you want to really speak to the tutor. You want to find out the reason why. Right? Why are they not signing you off? Right? If it's, so it could either be a genuine reason or something you could do something about. Perhaps it's some competence or something you've not done yet. Which the question then is, how can you do that thing? Right? Because if this is something you're meant to do, you're meant to uh, a tick, right? a competence you're meant to develop, then surely that's going to help you anywhere as a pharmacist. So the first question is, why are they holding you back? And then if it's something just personal, then that's a whole different way. You're dealing with something different. So that's something where you have a conversation with them. If there's a, then you could take that to a higher authority. And then the, the things that you can do, procedures and policies to follow with those sort of situation. But the question is, why are they not signing you off? That's the ultimate question. And then you take it from there. That is a perfect answer. Because I feel like a lot of people, when they get told by their supervisor that not signing off, it's very easy for you to take personally to be like, yeah. I passed the exam. You have to sign me off. And I've been in that situation where your role as a supervisor is to make sure that the person going out is competent. When you're in a situation where you're like, I don't think you are competent yet. You might pass the exam, but I don't think you are yet. And it's very hard for a lot of people to take, but you're right. It's just a matter of asking why. Because there's very few, I'm not saying they're not there, but there are very few pharmacists that will stand in the way of another person becoming a pharmacist, knowing how hard it is, just for the sake of it. Thank you very much, Marvin. This has been an exciting and a great conversation. It was a pleasure. I hope this helps any pre-reg or any foundation trainee that is out there. Marvin and I will be on the University Roadshow coming to your university soon. Thank you again, Marvin. See you soon. Thank you, everyone. For anyone that wants access to Privilege Talkcast, there will be a link in the blurb below. Feel free to go to the CND community to have access to the Foundation Training Room, where there's lots of content there for you. Once again, a very big thank you to you, Marvin. Thank you. Thank you, Nana. Always a pleasure. <laughs>